Hi, folks. This episode of In the Soup is sponsored by Lyle's Law. What's holding you back from moving forward with your next business idea? If your con column includes potential legal risks, let Lyle's Law cross off that concern with their comprehensive legal services, flat rate pricing, and strategic coaching. Visit lyleslaw.com today to find out how Lyle's Law helps entrepreneurs sleep better at night. And now, let's dive into this week's episode. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to In the Soup, a short weekly podcast that answers the most pressing questions from the Triangle Startup community, giving you the ingredients you need to build a successful startup. Today is November 8th, and I'm your host, Jen Sumi from Primordial. So this week, we have a really fun topic. I say sarcastically. Uh, This week, we are talking about how to handle rejection. Rejection from hearing no's from potential customers, potential investors, and generally how to turn rejection around into a positive thing. Our guest this week will be Deshaun Brown, CEO of CoWorks, and Matt Williamson, who's the CEO of Plum Co-Ownership. And with me this week, I have Melissa. Good morning, startup world. (laughs) So Melissa and I always chat a little bit before we start recording the show, and she asked who our guests were this week, and I mentioned Matt and uh, I had to I had to tell her this because I I was talking to Tina Tang yesterday of Bristles and she she told me something that I just my my jaw dropped when I heard it <laughs> when you talk to Matt Williamson like don't like just just listen to him just like especially in this clip like this is a perfect venue for this when you listen to Matt Williamson he sounds just like Will Arnett from he like a does. <laughs> He really does. That was that was weird after you, I went and listened. And uh, yes, oh my gosh, that was, it's kind of freaky. It's like the same voice. It is. It's crazy. It really is. <laughs> All right, so listeners, this is what you have to do this week. Listen to the show, listen to Matt's clip, then go listen to like the Smart List podcast with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. Tell me that they're exactly the same voice. <laughs> you will hear it, yes, right away. I only heard like two seconds and uh, and yes, it's 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 Matt Matt and Will. Yeah, they're definitely same same Williamson. voice. Are you sure Matt's actually Matt, and not Will? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Williams double life. <laughs> yeah, double life as yes. Lego Batman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, all right. Let's go ahead and dive into our topic. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about this one. How to handle rejection? I mean, this is a burning question for a lot of people, and. I mean, in, uh, in a lot of different ways, but uh, specifically here for us today in the startup world, definitely it's going to be, I can't wait to hear their answers. <laughs> well, I feel like it applies to a lot of different areas too. And you can probably speak to this, um, you know, when you're hiring, when you're trying to get yes. hired, uh, how to handle no's. And if you come second place, <laughs> you know, with, with trying to fill a position, um, you can apply the same sort of advice to, to this. Exactly. Yep. All right. So... Let's start with Deshaun Brown, CEO of CoWorks. Um, and for those of you who don't know, CoWorks is software that manages and scales co-working spaces. And so he's been through a couple rounds of fundraising with CoWorks specifically and through the Techstars program. So he probably has heard his fair amount of no's and has some experience with rejection, particularly from investors. I know fundraising can always be really difficult. And so you're not always going to be a fit for everyone. 
So really excited for you guys to hear what Deshaun had to say. Yeah. So I think as a founder, that's a skill you have to build up. And uh, because you're going to hear a lot of it, even the most successful startups and companies, there's just frankly customers that don't care or don't want what you have for whatever reasons. Even if you're the superior product, there's investors that don't want to invest in what you have or do just because they don't want to do it. And it's not what they know or, or um, are interested in. So definitely, I think just you have to get used to hearing no all the time. I certainly got way more no's than yeses. And I think the key is to to ask follow-up questions. And when people are saying no, they're not telling you personally, you aren't capable of doing this. At least most of the time they're not. <laughs> so, and if they are, they're probably not people you should be talking to anyway. But most of the time, a no, again, isn't personal. So you, you take that out of it. Take the personal no away, which is easier said than done. But when you're representing like your business, your company, your idea, again, it's it's really important to make that separation. They're not saying no to you as a founder and a person and an individual. So because of that, then what they're really just saying is either I don't understand or I don't have enough information or they're giving you some feedback and you need to get it out of them. So a lot of people say no, just because again, they don't have enough data. They don't know the market as well as you are because you've been living and breathing it for the last X months or years. So you now got five minutes to try to convince someone that your product, your market, your whole thing makes sense. And they may have never even heard of, they don't even know what market you're in. So I think that's number one is knowing who you're talking to and do they even have enough information to say yes in the first place? Because the default will be no. <laughs> and then and when they're saying no, it's, there's usually a reason like, you just haven't reached the stage that they want yet. So they want you to have more revenue or something like that. And that's not a no on your business. It's a no on your stage. If it's a customer, it might be a no because you don't have a, a feature that they're looking for. And that's a huge opportunity to see why. So I think for me, taking no as an opportunity to learn where you can improve is kind of how you flip that. And now each no is really just getting you closer to that yes. If you are strategic about the follow-up and the parsing of, is this an opportunity to learn more about how to improve my product? Is this an opportunity to get more information to this person to educate them? Or what's the real reason behind it? So if you look at it more tactfully and strategically, a no is really just, again, an opportunity towards the eventual yes is kind of how I've framed it for myself. As he was talking, I was thinking about when we were had the, uh, the other... Um podcast where where we had some of the takeaways about know who you're talking to <laughs> for your VC investors and exactly. uh, yeah, wrong stage you know maybe you're not at the right stage it was basically the same things but now framed up and and how to handle rejection so yeah. same takeaways for me actually so yeah. that was kind of interesting I was like I've heard this before um but I like yeah. his optimism to just uh, around the, you know, no is an opportunity and it's not personal. So yeah, I think if you can kind of keep those two things in mind, then it should be easier to kind of continue to push through and, and go into your next conversation that might make more sense for you later. Yeah, I really love the positive spin that he puts on yeah. hearing no. And I think you're right too. This, this is a perfect follow-up episode to last week with making sure that whoever you're talking to is the right fit, whether it's your customer, your investor, um, you know, make sure they have enough information and align with you well enough to say yes. That's really powerful. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, let's hear from Will. <laughs> 
from Will Arnett. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, wait, I mean Matt, sorry. <laughs> so next up, Matt Williamson is CEO of Plum Co-Ownership, which connects and organizes groups of folks that are interested in co-owning vacation homes together. And so Matt's been a founder before, and he has a background in sales, so I'm sure he has plenty of experience as well with hearing no. And he had a, a lot of great things to say, so let's jump in. You know, as, as an entrepreneur, you face a lot of rejection um, across a lot of fronts. And I feel like there's a couple of things that maybe come out of my sales background. In the earliest of sales trainings, as you kind of come up through that profession, you learn pretty quickly that... Rejection isn't personal, right? They just don't know enough about you to to reject you as a human. And so, you know, and so in in sales, I mean, like you're pounding the phone or you're doing emails, and most of the time you're you're kind of shouting into the void and nobody's responding. And you just have to remember, like, it's not about you. Like it's it's a noisy world out there. The the second thing that I always think about with rejection. Is that if you if you think about rejection in the form of silence, that part's pretty hard because because it feels unproductive. If you think about rejection in the sense of of, of objection, like some somebody is saying that some they don't fully understand the value proposition or what you think you're worth in the market or whatever, objections are signs of interest. And while it can be hard to have someone picking on your baby and calling it ugly, the, the fact that they're even talking about your baby means there's some interest there, right? Oh, I like in the context of Plum, like, are you sure groups will come together who don't know each other? I mean, that that's an objection, but it's that's rejection at some level. But then it's an opportunity to explain, like, well, yeah, uh, let me tell you about that. Why do you ask? Why are you interested in that? And why they're interested in that? They're, they want to resolve the problem because they're interested, right? And they're asking you for help. The third thing I'd say about rejection is that uh, rejection is the fastest way to learn where the gaps in your business or your story or your uh, the way you're presenting. And I'm going through that right now. We're like we're we're out raising a seed round. I don't do everything well, but I present well, I pitch well, and so that's never the thing. But I get my nose as well, and and so in my little CRM, I use Founder Suite. I'm marking down like, okay, hey, I got another, like, this is uh, like, we have a B2B mandate and, you know, you feel like a B2C consumer marketplace, you know, hey, we, we tend to aim for, you know, 250,000 in revenue or a million in revenue is our baseline. And you're not there yet, which is a too early uh, kind of rejection. And those are great because, because the faster I get the pattern, the faster I dial in on what I'm not going to talk to that person. I don't have evidence that that person is in, in my target and in my first set of pitching, it's going really well, but man, that pattern has popped out. Like I can definitely see when, when someone has any inkling of, well, we got a B2B mandate. I have proven that I'm not going to carry the day there. Like they want to see a B2B SaaS revenue stream and that's just not who we are. Right. So, so I would take rejection as, uh, a learning opportunity. And I don't say that as a platitude. Oh, Matt, in his analogies. Are you thinking of someone calling your baby ugly? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, and I was thinking about, you know, just he said, instead of rejection, is what's the 
objection. And I was thinking, right. oh, so you're saying there's a chance <laughs> after they've said no 50 times, but you're saying there's still a chance, right? Uh, that's what he hears, obviously. <laughs> well, so. okay. I'm going to defend Matt on this one because <laughs> in sales, a lot of time that's true. I mean, mm -hmm. it, in sales trading that I've done, one of the things you learn is objection handling. And so what are some of the common reasons that people are going to say no or think that, oh, this is not really a right fit or, oh, this price is too high. And you take those objections and you build out talk tracks around them and say, well, actually, you know, the ROI of this, whatever it is that you're selling will pay off in six months. So the price actually isn't that high. You know, you're going to get your money back and, and earn more. You know, there's it's that whole idea of objection handling. And you can apply that to anywhere where yeah. you might find rejection. Uh, exactly. And he also, you know, mentioned the same thing as Deshaun. It's not personal. So yeah. I, I, again, just feel like, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same, same message we just had before, you know, know, know your audience. Uh, I did like how he pointed out though, if it, once he sees the pattern, like, okay, then he's, then he's got it. I have that in recruiting when, when working with a hiring manager, you know, once I've hired for them a few times, like, okay, now I gotcha. <laughs> Takes yeah. me a minute. But uh, after we've done that, after you've hired, then, yeah, it's, it's like, okay, I understand. Like, the, here's the nuances and here's the things. And he picks up on that in his sales as well. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and I think there's definitely a common thread of don't take it personal. Um, mm -hmm. And I like what Deshaun said, too. Like, if it is personal, you probably don't want to be working with them anyway. So it's yes. probably a blessing that they're saying <laughs> no. Um but really, like they they just they don't know enough, I think is the big the big thing with rejection is they don't know enough about you to really feel confident in saying yes. And so whether that's potential customers or investors, it's your job to to keep following up and ask those follow up questions and, you know, figure out where the gaps are that Matt said and fill them with information and make your case, be able to state your case better. Mm hmm. Exactly. And he's, you know, the objection means that there there is interest. I mean, if they're able to tell you specifically, this is why it's a no, then then there you go. You've got your you've got some information. Now you can start building your pattern, as, as Matt said as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, those objections. Um, and I like the example he gave because it is a little crazy that strangers would come together and buy a house together, but it has happened. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and so I think that's it's you know it's not something that people would think would happen naturally or easily, um, mm -hmm. but if you have proof of that and you can show it and you can showcase that and tell the story about it, then that kind of handles that objection. And while that person still thinks that maybe maybe this isn't like a, the main use case of Plum potentially, um, it certainly is a use case that people will follow through and, and do because there's evidence to show that that it does work. Exactly. Yep. Good. Okay. Well, yeah. So I think, you know, we just mentioned that some of the takeaways for today, just again, it's not personal. Ask those follow-up questions as we keep staying anyway, follow-up, follow-up. It's always important. And um, and then, yeah, know who you're talking to. At least that's kind of for me. And then I just like both of them, you know, it's not a rejection, it's objection. And then also it's an opportunity. So keeping that positivity, uh, yeah. I'm sure as an entrepreneur, you have to have that. <laughs> Endless positivity. Endless, keep yes. going. <laughs> exactly. More more than me. So that's a lot. <laughs> that's true. You're, you're pretty positive, Melissa. 
Okay. Yeah, and I think I think the I think the big takeaway for me is figuring out the pattern. You know, as you're hearing no, you're finding out who. Okay, this isn't the right partner for you, and maybe not forever, but certainly not not right now. And kind of figuring out the pattern of people who are more willing to say yes or more convinced or, you know, that's how you find your product market fit when you're going out and talking to customers. The ones that get what you're doing and understand your problem immediately are the ones where, you know, they really need your product. They really need your solution. I love that idea of finding a pattern. Yeah, I do too. That was good. A little nugget from uh, Will Arnett. I mean, for Will or not. <laughs> so awesome. Poor Matt. <laughs> I know Matt's going to be getting emails with people calling him. Yeah. He sounds like Will or Annette now. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to Deshaun and Matt for sharing their experiences with us. And thanks, of course, to Lyle's Law for sponsoring this episode. Join us again next week for another great topic from founders in our awesome startup community. And of course, feel free to send in your own topics for future episodes to soup at gretbeat.com. We'll jump back in the soup next week. Thanks for tuning in today. A quick reminder to subscribe to In the Soup on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and review. It helps us reach even more listeners like you. You'll love GrepBeat's twice a week email newsletter. Every Tuesday and Thursday at lunchtime, you'll get the latest Triangle tech news delivered in a quick hitter format that's often been called wildly entertaining by me. There's a sign-up link at grepbeat.com.